Welcome to the School for Dental Entrepreneurs, the only podcast that provides actionable insights into the dental industry. Brought to you by Emitter, the leading communication platform for your dental practice. And now, here is your host, Anmol Oberoi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Emitter's podcast, School for Dental Entrepreneurs. Today, we have with us a very exciting guest, a leader who has spent well about eight years in the industry. And to our surprise, she's coming from a very different industry from the dental industry. We have with us Gemma Delgadio, who's the director of marketing with a leading DSO, Mid-Atlantic Dental Partners. Prior to Mid-Atlantic Dental Partners, Gemma was a part of the marketing team at Pacific Dental Services. Today, we are going to learn about Gemma's role at Mid-Atlantic, how she became a marketer and you know how she made her entry into the dental industry from the hospitality industry. Welcome, Gemma, and thanks a lot for taking out time to be on our podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate your time. And, and I'm super excited for this one. To, uh, you know, I come from a marketing background myself, so I'm, I'm very keen to personally learn about what happens in marketing. Uh, you know, in the dental industry. To start with, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, yourself and uh, how did you enter into the dental industry from, from the hospitality industry? What made that change happen? Sure, that's a great question. Again, thank you so much for having me. Um, as you mentioned earlier on uh, the beginning, um, my role currently is a director of marketing at Mid-Atlantic. Um, I thoroughly enjoy my job. I thoroughly enjoy working with brands and companies to elevate them to the next level. Um, and that leads me into answering your question, how did I end up in the dental field when I started in the hospitality industry? Um, I have a passion for great product. I have a passion for great ethical businesses. And that's one of the reasons why I entered into the dental industry. Um, I saw value in the um, fact that health was a priority of obviously so many Americans. Um, I wanted to learn more about the dental industry. Now, starting off in the hospitality industry, um, was fantastic for me. I loved the camaraderie. I loved the five-star hotels I worked for, uh, meeting new people, making sure that they um, had a five-star luxury service every single time. And that's what I wanted to replicate in my role currently as a director, making sure that we offer that five-star experience for our patients as well as our clients would have had in the hospitality industry. Um, I've been in the sales and marketing industry for about 19 years. That makes me sound very old. I promise you I'm not. Um, <laughs> about 19 years, I believe. Um, and I started that in the UK, in the United Kingdom, in Wales, uh, where I started off in a five-star hotel. It was the Rocco Forte brand. Um, and we saw celebrities coming in and out. Uh, we saw uh, wonderful families returning every single year. And it was the leading um, hotel in the country at that time. Um, I also worked in leading restaurants um, and healthcare facilities also in the United Kingdom. But the branding and the marketing is where I really felt that my efforts were needed, wanted, and appreciated. Um, so anything ranging from a receptionist through to an operations manager. I have done the roles. I've loved the roles. Um, but certainly, um, 
bringing light to influencing those to understand more about their oral health, especially in America right now, is is definitely where I ended up um, that transition over. Um, and throughout my career in the dental industry, I've learned a lot. Um, I don't have a dental background. I have a, a an extensive background in marketing. Um, so that was something that just filtered in and educated me more about how that mind um, connects to the mouth body connection piece. Um, making sure that we have a healthy lifestyle, I think, is very important to everybody. And that's definitely something that I can stand behind, especially the work of Mid-Atlantic. Um, so that was the transition. It wasn't through wanting a different path of marketing. It was just the fact that I saw a company that had great value that I could definitely be a part of. Great. Now, that's that's super interesting to learn. And uh, you know, while while you uh, spoke about, uh, uh, you were able to see great value in the company and the industry. Uh, I, I I like the analogy that you say that just the way in the hospitality industry, you're able to order, offer a five-star service. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that Mid-Atlantic does that for its patients, but similarly, you wanted to bring that in as a known fact and make people realize that even Mid-Atlantic can offer a five-star service to its patients, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's I think that's a super interesting thought and uh, you know how you thought about it and uh, how you switched into the industry. I you know I also understand that uh, I'm you know you joined the industry as a receptionist. What what made that happen was was that just the love for the industry that you know I need to somehow get my foot into the door and and then you know I will make my way up the ladder and get to what I really want to do. Or, you know, you know, what made that decision happen? Why did you start there? Was it just the learning process? That's a good question. And the answer is no, I didn't want to. I've had that role before, but I was newly married. I um, had a, a company that I set up on my own in the United Kingdom. I was a freelance um, consultant for businesses. I was doing their marketing for them. And I had five clients at that time. Um, I met my husband, who is an American. He's in the military. And um, after six months of knowing him, I moved to the United States, never meeting an American before in my lifetime. He was the first one I'd ever met. Um, Yeah, so that was pretty, it was different. So then I ended up coming to the U.S. Now, looking online for jobs, um, marketing was definitely something that I wanted to continue doing. And obviously with um, a, a somebody from Great Britain coming into the U.S. wanting to understand the American market, wanting to understand how Americans work, wanting to understand what the necessity was in the country, what, really trying to acclimate and be a part of a brand new country, you know, learning all new things, currency, driving, dialect, um, really trying to grasp becoming an American. That's what I wanted to do. Um, And finding a job online was certainly something that I wanted to be um, focused on. And as you say, building up that ladder to make sure that that's something that I can, a company that would elevate their employees to be the best they can be without having to source out new individuals, having to source out new jobs, really elevating that talent. And I love that word talent um, from within making sure that they can elevate that talent within their organization um, to grow and expand knowledge, reputation, um, commitment, loyalty. 
So, and those were all things I could stand behind. And the first company I worked for, a DSO, also had those values as well as Mid-Atlantic has now. So it was just an easy transition into this role um, with this you know, remarkable company that we're working for now. You know, Mid-Atlantic is a growing DSO. And, and it was founded upon that principle of high quality dental care that really does require that three-way partnership between the patient, the dentist, and the supported organization. And that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to help at a level that was being able to direct influence and grow practices from within. Um, so we have so many dental practices in Colorado, Texas, Pennsylvania, and many, many other states nationwide, and we're an effective DSO, and I just wanted to be a part of that. So in answer to your question, being a receptionist was not the role that I wanted to um, stay in, of course. I always wanted to elevate, but being somebody new in a country and wanting to learn more about uh, being educated around that healthcare, which I had experience in before, just not specifically in dental, it was definitely um, a great, great, great stepping stone of learning the American culture within um, corporate America. Wow, that's that's an interesting thought. And, and you know, uh, it reminds me of a very famous saying that uh, you know, when you're given a seat at a rocket ship, don't ask uh, which seat, just board. And I think <laughs> yes. just similarly, you just, I think, uh, thought about the same thing, right? that uh, there is opportunity for me to grow in the organization. I relate to the goal and I relate to the uh, thinking of the organization. And maybe I'm not getting the right role right now, but if everything works out, I, I get the right role. And I think that's, I'm, I'm glad things worked out and you know you got what you were, what you were really looking for. <laughs> Great. So uh, I'm, I'm sure that just the way, you know, uh, you started out with a different role, ultimately you wanted to be a marketer and, you know, continue in that role. Uh, I'm sure there are many other people who aspire to be there, uh, but maybe they don't know that there are possibilities in the DSO to grow, right? And maybe mm -hmm. they're not thinking about it actively. Maybe they're not experimenting enough with their career to understand that what do they really want to do? So mm -hmm. If, if you could, uh, you know, tell us about challenges that you faced while you were doing a very different role. What did you have to do? You know, did you have to go an extra mile? Yeah, the role I mean, you were looking at because you had already proven yourself in something else. What was that yeah. journey like? I believe everybody has to always go the extra mile. I don't, I, I think that you always have to push more. I think you have to give more. And I think that's ultimately a challenge. I think that would be a a quote unquote challenge, um, definitely for some people, especially with the competition that I've noticed in America, um, there's a much higher um, competitiveness bred within Americans, which I think is fantastic. I love that about Americans and I would love to um, adopt that also in a healthy way. But I think um, answering that question, uh, you know, you could go many different ways, but I think one that resonates to me the most is that really, like you said, going that extra mile, learning more, taking on more responsibility and elevating, like I said before, that talent that you know you have. So understanding what you're good at, understanding that there are opportunities, especially within DSOs. I mean, there's, there's so many um, different areas that you could go into, billing, collections, 
I mean, scheduling, clinical data, analytics, the, the list goes on and on, you know, and making sure that marketing for me was the center of what I wanted to do. So even when I was in those different roles, I was executing talents that I had within marketing to elevate me into that role. It's almost like that book, The Secret. Have you read The Secret? It's more also um, knowing that you want to be somewhere and having that goal in mind and knowing that you're going to reach it. So even executing, I think the advice I would have for people is that if you do have a role that isn't where you want to end up, which I think a lot of us are in those roles, you know, really focusing on what the end goal is and executing those talents, taking it to the next level within every role that you have. Ultimately, you will you will get there. Um, really focusing on what makes you you. You know, what do you stand behind? What is What do you value? And for me, it was branding. It was marketing. It was taking businesses to the next level. And even in a reception role, like I mentioned that I had initially with, that was my first role in America. Well, volunteering was first of all in a hospital uh, healthcare setting, um, but that was a volunteer role. Um, this this first role that I had, um, I knew that there was gonna be an end goal involved. And that company was the company I wanted to see value in. I think it's just understanding that if you, if you work for a company that values you and puts you first, you will ultimately end up where you need to be. DSOs are fantastic for elevating their employees, especially mid-Atlantic. I mean, even in this career, even in this role, I know that I have the backing and the camaraderie and the family around me to be able to elevate if I wanted to, you know, years to come. And, and really having, once you see that role, wanting to be with that company for the long haul, wanting to stay with your work family. And especially in the healthcare facility, knowing that you're servants of the community, making sure that you, you have that philanthropic heart, you are ultimately serving your community in your healthcare role. So I think just that piece as well really tied me into that DSL model, giving back to the community, giving back dental services, giving back um, in any way we can. So um, I hope that answers the question, you know, really focusing on where the end goal is. Um, and obviously patience has to come with that. You have to have patience, um, but also executing your talents within the role, even if it's not the one you would like to end up in. Right. Got it. No, that definitely answers my question. And for me, the key takeaway is that, uh, uh, you know, you start moving and executing in the direction you see yourself, uh, you know, being in the, in the few years or you want mm -hmm. to be even before that responsibility is given to you or even before you start getting the rewards for it, right? That's when people mm -hmm. start noticing and saying that, hey, maybe we should trust this person with an additional task or, or give them a bigger and better role. So I, mm -hmm. I, I would completely agree with you there that going that extra mile, even if that responsibility is not given to you, is probably the best way to prove yourself and, and get what you're looking for. Great. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so I... You know, I, this is this is more of a personal question, uh, uh, but I'm sure there are a lot of people who, who also want to understand what marketing looks like uh, uh, in the dental industry. So, mm -hmm. you know, could you tell us a little bit about what does a marketer's role look like? Uh, you know, what skill sets does one need uh, in order to have a marketing role or pursue a marketer role at a DSO? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, even looking at, obviously job descriptions vary, but I can gladly tell you about mine. Um, I'm responsible for the marketing of the brand of the company. So what does that look like? It's managing marketing campaigns. It's communicating. It's, you know, implementing marketing strategies and reaching new patients. Um, we all have an idea of what the role would be in terms of if you have um, people who are, you're responsible for, if you have a team. Um, I have a fantastic team that I work with and we have our delegated roles, but specifically mine, it's working with the team to develop that, you know, annual budget for the marketing strategy, communicating brand awareness with the team. Um, you know, shifting through the marketing data to find important trends. This is really important um, in the field. You need to make sure that the trends, following trends, executing pilot schemes, if they do not work, you know, making sure that that repetition isn't there, really focusing on new patient growth and retaining existing patients. The loyalty barrier has to be there um, within any dental practice, any healthcare facility. Um, we need to obviously stay up to date on the latest marketing trends um, and, you know, be visible, attending conferences when COVID obviously wasn't as rife as it is, but attending conferences, you know, events and further developing your, your marketing knowledge just because you're in that role doesn't mean and you know everything about the business doesn't mean that you need to be stagnant with your knowledge, making sure that you expand um, your education as well. Um, a big part of my job, which I absolutely love, and I've I've really um, seen value and and opened that communication barrier with patients, is um, overseeing all of the social media strategy and implementation. Um, this has been really important to me to gather knowledge, understand patient behavior, understand uh, communication uh, with our with our patients, our existing patients, and trying to navigate through our new patient growth as well. Um, creating marketing reports, right? To show um, executives, to show the C-suite, to help with understanding uh, what we've done that month, what we've done that year, what trends look like, what we're going to do next year, forward planning, and what it takes, I guess, along the lines of a qualifications to be a, a marketing director. Um, having a master's degree in marketing, having the experience of 10 years plus in the field, um, you know, the ability to manage multiple projects at the same time, you know, you, no day is the same um, for a marketing team or a director. It doesn't matter what role you're in on that marketing team. No day ever looks the same. It's always trying to manage different campaigns, different um, strategies, always being servant to those who need your support. I think that's very important to be open um, to be available for them, to guide them through what the best outlook would be for that particular practice or that particular doctor, oral surgeon, specialist, whatever that looks like. Um, and I think some of the qualifications I, I truly believe you would need in to be a director of marketing is be customer focused, have that attitude of being customer or patient focused. It doesn't matter what company or brand that you're working for. You have to be, that has to be the core reason for your job to have the patient or customer first. And that attitude is where everything is um, pointed towards. Um, co content creation experience, I guess, I, you would have to have something that would be um, remotely um, likable, obviously to a community. You have to understand, you know, branding colors, understand concepts, understand, um, 
the the culture of the business, right? Understand what that brand looks like to deliver that to the community. Um, you would also have to have understanding of SEO, search engine optimization, PPC, um, and experience in navigating through online spend, ads, uh, banner sourcing, um, anything that can really relate to tangible results online. Um, and obviously with that, you'd have to have a strong drive for results. You would have to have something that guides you and you really wanting to succeed, navigating through uh, reporting, making sure that the results are there. And obviously I've met um, many people in this role. And the one thing that connects us all together is that we're results and patient driven. We right. need to have that at our core. And obviously with that comes impatience. <laughs> As you can imagine, there's a lot of impatience trying to get, you know, the right results, trying to get the, 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 the patients in the door, trying to see them as quickly as we can to either get them out of pain, get them a new patient appointment, you know, really work with their schedule so they can get in, you know, with their family into our practices. And I think, you know, as a team, you have to have the ability to collaborate um, you have to have the ability to analyze problems and create solutions. You have to have those um, prob a problem solving attitude as well. Just because one thing doesn't work doesn't mean if you do it a different way, it's not. So all of those skill sets, I believe, you know, you can develop some of them. You can be taught some of them, but ultimately it's the drive that you have inside you to put others first while having a, um, a results driven attitude. Absolutely. I, I would completely agree with you. And, and I think that was a great and a very detailed, uh, you know, I would say very, very thought through answer. Um, <laughs> given, <laughs> absolutely. And, and, you know, uh, given my experience in marketing, I, I've always heard one thing that marketing never sleeps. And, and I think your answer completely relates to that. There are so many different things in marketing and, and it's continuously changing. So, you know, while it's challenging, it's also exciting. Um <laughs> Just in continuation to, you know, what, what you said, uh, I, I just had two follow-up questions there. Uh, you, you spoke about campaigns. Uh, you know, what are the, what, what, what do typical marketing channels look like for a DSO, right? Uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you why I asked this. I mean, in the technology business, it's typically very heavily content driven. And, mm -hmm. uh, but in the DSO world, what are those channels as a marketer that you're always on top of and, and, and doubling down on? And the other most important thing uh, that, you know, probably people would want to know uh, is because some people might hear this podcast now, some people might hear it later, but how do you keep up with the, you know, how do you keep up with what's the latest in marketing? Are you, do you follow some podcasts? Do you follow some magazines, blogs? So just these two things, uh, you know, would love to understand a little in detail. Oh yeah. I'll answer the first one. Uh, the second question first, my apologies. Um, following, um, I follow everything. So I'm, I'm watching, I'm learning, I'm listening to everything that is related to dental. Now, the, you might question, why aren't you doing that with marketing? Um, I do do that with marketing. Also, I like to accompany that with the first question you ask. I love to learn about different social channels, different marketing channels. I love to learn about those, but what we really need to know as a director of marketing is what our patients want. What are they wanting from us? How can we deliver to them what they would want? They are what is first. And that was what we just spoke about 10 minutes ago. It was putting that patient first. So 
reading articles online, predominantly on LinkedIn, finding new sources where patients are wanting to find a dentist. Why are they not going to the dentist? What is stopping them? We know that there's very, there's so many barriers as to why people don't go to the dentist. I'm sure that you know many of them, time, cost, at this point in our lives, the pandemic, they put others before themselves. They've just recently moved to the area. There's so many different factors. We've done so many different scales um, reporting that, you know, less than 50% of people are currently have a dental home. So there's that, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity for us to serve the community. So I would read as many articles as I can. I probably read too many. I am constantly listening to understand the behavioral trends of patients with that being a podcast, be that a YouTube video, uh, be that somebody's uh, blog site, if that's a um, influencer. I love to listen to the dental influencers um, that we have currently within the DSO space, uh, even outside of the DSO space, trying to understand patterns. So the reason behind learning all of these different things is to understand the navigation of the patient experience. Once we understand the navigation of the patient experience, we can open up our doors at times they want. We can give them the experience they want. We can understand what they're scared of, what they love, and implement that within our DSO model. Now, does it always work? No, (laughs) Um, it doesn't always work. Um, Is it effective to learn what patients want? I believe that is the key behind any marketing director, understanding what they want. And I think, you know, through learning and educating, even if it's weekly, even if it's daily, understanding what they want will put you ahead of others in that industry. It's taking time to know them rather than understanding you know, what the the money looks like daily. Obviously, it's important to generate money in a business, you wouldn't be able to survive. But I think implementing those those channels and understanding that pathway of the, the patient really gets you further than most other businesses. Um, the first question you asked around the channels of marketing, right. we do so many at DSO. Gosh, we do everything from online, scale solution reach, um, a local level branding, B2B, B2C, that's business to business, business to consumer, um, right. everything online that you can imagine, banner ads, sourcing, geofencing, the list is endless as as far as a DSO goes. And I think that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to stay within that industry and understanding that we do take the next level. We are sourcing out new patients. We are making room and welcoming new patients daily at every one of our practices. I think, you know, even along the lines of digital, we have digital brochures, you know, organic social, which I think is really underrated. Um, Email, uh, constant communication with our patients, local data management, sponsorships, field work, um, events, radio, TV, paid search. I mean, the list goes on and on. Paid social display advertising. DSOs really take it to the next level when it comes to media impressions, when it comes to publishing. We really do do a great job, especially at Mid-Atlantic for um, our patients. We try and cover every aspect that we can in terms of um, channel marketing. Um, We do have 
brand new dental office coming uh, through in um, in the Lone Tree area of Colorado, um, and that's going to be perfect teeth for kids. Um, so we're really, really pushing out our channels of marketing for them. They're going to be opening up mid-December, coming up here shortly. So um, we are definitely taking it to the next level of reaching those in the community that are really in need of a new dental home. Wow. Well, it seems like a very exciting role. I'm, I'm, I, I hope I don't get converted into a marketer who wants to be a part of DSO. Uh, <laughs> listening to the excitement <laughs> on the channels. But, mm. but I'm sure that a lot of marketers will start thinking about the industry, you know, given the width of the channels, they would have probably never experimented with or experienced, but probably DSO is the right place to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And... Yeah, and, and 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 now that we understand, you know, what exactly your role involves, which is a lot of different things. Uh, what what does you know uh, you know you do a lot of different things as a marketer, and that's that's always true. But what are typically the goals of of a DSO for a marketer? I, I would just say that what decides the performance of a you know director of marketing at a DSO that you know have we done a good job this year? Is there something that needs to be improved? Are there certain metrics that you look at? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> many, many, many. Um, <laughs> and, you know, a DSO, obviously, our goal is to generate new patients and sustain and retain our existing patients. So, the measure of new patient growth. Um, and the retention of our existing patients is what we're looking for. We're looking to grow. We're looking to grow our practices. We're looking to find new dental homes for our community. Um, and obviously, there's a plethora of things that are involved. There's the accounts. There's um, everything from um, growth on media impressions online, specifically for my role, um, you know, searching the website, making sure that we do appear as the number one in the community, making sure that that new patient growth is, you know, between five and 10% greater, you know, year on year, we look at statistics to make sure that we're growing as a company. That's ultimately anybody's job. But in terms of measurement of my role, it's really capturing that new patient growth and retaining existing, communicating out to the field, into the community, what sets us apart as a DSO, why they should come to us, and what can they experience when they bring their family and friends to us. The goal is to grow. The goal is to put the patient first. Now, I can't, I can't talk for, from an HR perspective. I can't talk from an accounts perspective. But in terms of mine, making sure that strategies are working making sure that all of our ads are successful, measuring ROI, return on investment. That's a huge deal for any marketer, especially a director of marketing. You have to be able to measure how good you did at certain campaigns, how good you did at certain um, e-blasts. Everything from a communication standpoint, specifically in my role, we would have to measure to make sure that it's growing year on year, making sure that we appear on search engines, making sure that patients are happy, retention, making sure that that communication piece is out there. So in terms of my role, there are measurements. Um, I'm excited to say that they're doing very, very well. Um, They have done throughout my career, and I want to continue to do that for this business, Mid-Atlantic, that I'm working for. making sure that I can add value in any way I can. Absolutely. No, that's, that's super exciting to learn. And, and I hope, you know, you're able to achieve all your goals and help Mid-Atlantic achieve its goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will silently, of course, follow the journey. And, you know, uh, just 
you know how often uh, just a tactical question but uh, uh, you know since things have changed a lot with covid uh, I, i was speaking to somebody today and uh, they mentioned that as part of the marketing role uh, you know things have changed a lot because uh, it's not just initially you were telling patients about their safety uh, since since you know the covid came in and letting them know that you know we are a safe place to come in and get your oral health in place but now it's also about uh, you know making sure that your staff is confident about coming in they feel safe so it's it's not just about making your patients feel safe but it's also about making sure that the staff is safe they know that they're part of the good in, part of a good company and they're in safe hands during covid are there things that you've experienced with respect to that building in collateral content just to keep the staff motivated during covid mm, yes i i I would love to talk about this actually. Um, that's a good question. Um, how hard has this year been, right? We, we've experienced something we've never done before. You mentioned the dental safety. We've been using that hashtag a lot lately. And I'm glad that you picked up on that. You know, our patient safety is our priority. And we're taking every precaution we can necessary to ensure the safety of one, our patients, and like you mentioned, two, our team members, you know, during our reopening, during this pandemic, um, we've got safety protocols in place. Um, we offer teledentistry for all of our patients. Now, the question you asked was specifically around our team members. The, I can't tell you just the absolute value that our, our team members bring to our organization. Um, We've had some great, just exceptional leadership put in place. And I say that very proudly, um, looking at other DSOs, looking at other businesses, I should say, and how everybody's reacted to this uh, pandemic has been extraordinary. Um, really trying to, I can't emphasize to you enough, the leadership and what they've done for our team members throughout this pandemic has been exceptional. Now, in terms of morale, I think the biggest piece of what Mid-Atlantic has done, which I absolutely love, is that they have communicated. They've right. communicated openly, honestly, and from their heart. They've right. openly communicated to every team member what the next steps are, what we can expect from them. And I think that communication piece is just absolutely vital within any organization. Not only have they communicated weekly to team members, they retained the majority of their team members. Not only did they do that, they even took it a step further. We created morale through camaraderie, through a family of culture. So what does that look like? Anything from, you know, making sure that they feel like they are dental heroes, they're health heroes to us. We rolled out a campaign. I'm sure you saw it on um, a variety of our social channels. We right. uh, bought every single team member a superhero cape. They wore them proudly. They were surprised to have them. Um, they really felt valued from leadership. And that's just one step that they've done. I mean, there's multiple other things that have made the team members feel like they are valued and wanted, needed, appreciated. And I think that's what we've done differently to other businesses, other DSO models. We have, we've taken it, we mentioned this earlier on, we took it to the next level of compassion, of 
you know, sympathy, empathy. We've all gone through this together and it's very easy to get divided, right? We understand that. It's very easy to get divided. It's harder to unite when things go wrong um, within society or within businesses. And we did that. And I'm I'm so proud of our leadership to, to offer that just compassion to team members. It really showed that I'm with the right company. I'm with the right team members that I want to be with. It was just incredible just to see how they executed at such, during such a hard time. And I think, you know, once your team members feel valued, that just exudes onto patients. We've had patients, you know, even reviews that have come in, you know, throughout the pandemic, you know, people have said they've taken it to the next level. They're still bright and happy. They're still cheery. They get me in the same day. They offered me telehealth. They offered me teledentistry. You know, they asked about my child. I didn't think that they would put me first. They're taking steps to, you know, make sure that the patients are safe, you know, even worrying about their health. They have families at home, you know, that, they haven't stopped working throughout this pandemic. They truly are our dental heroes, for sure. And we've really made them feel that way, hopefully, every single one of them. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure. And yes, of course, I have been uh, you know, following a lot of things that Mid-Atlantic has been doing on social media. And, and it's simply commendable. Uh, so I think that's uh, kudos to the team. They've done a great job at, at making sure that it's not just about, during the tough times, it's not just about business and the growth. It's, it's also about making sure that your own employees are happy and safe, feeling safe. So that's, that's, that's great to hear. And, and you know, from my side, the last thing that I, I would love to understand is where do you see this? What do you see this role really evolving into? What does the future look like? You, may, you know, there's no right or wrong answer. Of course, we're not, it's, it's hard to judge the future. But where do you see yourself going probably next five years down the line? Uh, you know, from from a career perspective within the scope of marketing inside dentistry. Yeah, I think I'm going to repeat myself from the one of the initial questions that you asked me. Sure. Um, when you asked about the reception role and wanting to learn more and wanting to expand, I still have that same growth now. You know, I, I still have, you know, the, the desire to move up in the career. Um, time scale wise, I'm very happy in my role right now. So wanting more in my mind right now is more of an educational piece, understanding new roles, understanding what that future would look like. And I think just the, just the love of the career and the job right now is going to elevate me to learn more. I always want to learn more. I always want to elevate the business. So the next five to 10 years, I definitely see growth in myself. I, I don't like the role of, you know, the title role. Um, I believe reverting back to what we said before, going that extra mile for one, your team, your organization, and also your patients will organically elevate you to the next step. Roles, titles to me do not, I do not care for them at all. I, I think that they, um, they don't bother me at all. So I just want to do a great job to be servant, to be progressive in my role. What that looks like, it could be anything. I would love to stay with this company. I would love to take them to the next level. Um, and in turn with that would obviously mean an elevation in, in, in responsibility, I should say. So 
in order to do that, we need to go the extra mile. And that was something we spoke about earlier on, you know, making sure that you get feedback for your role, making sure that you create your work, making sure that you're curious about the industry, read more, you know, network brilliantly. I think that networking is, is key to develop, you know, especially this role. And I would love to be able to, in the next five to 10 years, become a mentor for somebody. I've been mentor in the past um, and I would love to, to carry on that role as well, to become a mentor or even have many more mentors of myself. I currently have three that I, I, I go to. One of them is outside of the industry, two are inside um, so I love that role of being a mentor also within the industry, you know, making sure I'm savvy um, when it comes to my career path, making sure it makes sense for me and my family. Um, but also I want to continue to develop, continue to add value and whatever that looks like for me, I will absolutely accept that. Wow. Well, that's a great way of, of, of thinking about your career that instead of constantly thinking about what next how will this grow? What will this grow into next? You're constantly thinking about what next can I learn, and and mm-hmm. how can I grow my learning, and and you know how can I contribute to the industry by helping others. So I think that's that's a great way to look at it. Uh, I think it's it's been a really interesting conversation. I've had a lot to learn, you know, personally from you, uh, even not just through this, but even the conversations that we've had in the past. Are there any other, you know, are, are there any thoughts additional to this that you want to share with the audience? Uh, you know, before we close for today? I think, I think that just, just what we spoke about earlier on about developing yourself, I think within any business, um, you have the power to do that. You're in control of your destiny, you're in control of your attitude, you're in control of your education. So I think those who are considering entering into a dental supported organization, I would highly encourage, um, and I would absolutely recommend Mid-Atlantic. The company I've spoken about, you know, during this podcast with you is is definitely something that um, people should be a part of. The culture within this business is absolutely fantastic. You know, learning new roles, all of our roles are available on our website, um, on our careers page. So it's definitely something to look through. Um, A dental supported organization, there's many roles that you can um, acquire, learn about. So this is a, a very, it's an eclectic mix of all different roles that I think that people will see value in. Um, So if anybody would like to reach out to me for um, a possible interview, a possible job, we would always welcome um, new uh, welcome team members to our organization. But um, just to close, I absolutely love the career. I think it's just something that I was born to do. I love communicating with people. I love to be able to develop businesses and ultimately put people before myself. So um, I just really want to thank you for letting me share the journey, share the experience and share the future. I think that um, it's very bright. Um, I like to take that positive attitude and positive approach to life. Um, So I I definitely think there's a lot more to come. Absolutely. I mean, it's been a great conversation, Gemma, and, and, and I completely agree with you. The future is bright. Uh, it's good to take a positive look at things. And of course, things are going to be, you know, better from where they are. Um, mm. Great. Thanks a lot for taking out time, Gemma. It's been, it's been uh, a great conversation. There is lots that I learned and I'm sure that the audience also is going to take away a lot. Hopefully we can do, you know, 
more of such episodes next time dive deeper into things but it's been a great conversation thanks a lot for taking our time absolutely thank you so much thanks for listening to another episode of amitas podcast want to learn how you can reduce your new patient miss calls and grow your practice by 40% today take a look at emitr.com